Welcome back to Metals, Money, and Markets Weekly for the end of March, the end of the first quarter, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Temple of NationalInvestor.com, joined as always by the mercenary geologist, Mickey Fulp. And a lot of animal spirits back on Wall Street, but the gold price this week seems like that force field around $2,000 is still providing some major resistance. Well, it's technical and psychological resistance, no doubt. Um, despite a very boisterous market and a negative DXY on the week, uh, the price of gold went down uh, while other precious metals went up quite a bit. So gold closed at 1971, down six bucks on the week. It started this morning about even. Uh, dropped off. I, you know, gold's up uh, something like seven, eight percent. Actually, more like nine percent over the last month from its low. Yep. Uh, and I think there's some profit taking going on in the gold space. So uh, your point was well taken. Uh, but it kind of uh, bucks some of the other trends. Silver and palladium which are, for the most part, industrial metals, had very good weeks. Silver, 2401, up almost 4%. Uh, palladium has came off those $1,300 lows. It closed at 1413, up 3.6%. And platinum was up uh, 10 bucks or a percent, and it is significantly a precious metal but it does have some industrial metal component to it sure and moving on copper eked out a, a bit of a gain as well well copper was up five cents so that's a pretty big move close at 408 had a solid week and really this has to do with this risk on environment that we've been thrown into over the last what five six seven days uh copper is one of the uh, premier industrial metals, Dr. Copper. So along with oil, which is up, industrial metals up, uh, risk on, lower dollar. It is in contango with a positive, nice-looking forward curve, uh, despite China demands remaining a concern. Yeah, well, you know, talk about the animal spirits and risk on and everything. We'll we'll talk about that, especially when we get to the stock market, which continues to, uh, I think, defy gravity and defy the fundamentals and whatnot, all on this idea that the Fed and the Treasury have got everything under control once again, which is dubious. But before we get to the financial stats, moving on to crude oil, it had its best week in quite a long time. Uh, yeah, a lot of that. Yeah, excuse me. Go ahead. No, oh, helped out by those animal spirits also, I think. And well, I point. have no idea what animal spirits are about in terms of a market, but uh, I'll leave, let you explain that <laughs> as soon as I get done with the oil. Uh, right. But uh, oil closed up uh, almost 9%, or a little over 9% on the week, 75.57. Uh, that's uh, a three-week high. A lot of that had to do with Kyrgyzstan uh, disruption at a half a million barrels per day uh, as the Iraqis are 
shutting down pipelines in that part of northern Iraq. Uh, the numbers came in pretty good. Rigs were down three. You can send you see a drop on that, but get this production. Uh, numbers are official now for January at almost 12 and a half million barrels per day. If you go look back to the EIA estimates during that period of time, uh, those were 12.2 plus or minus. So uh, oil production was a pleasant surprise in the U.S. The other thing that drove oil this week and I think this is all fundamentals, is uh, inventories are down 7.5 million barrels as the refining uh, season ramps up for summer driving. Uh, that's a big move. Imports at a multi-month low of 5.3 million barrels per day. That's done down 800,000. Refineries ticked up a bit, 15.4 up 200,000 barrels. We expect that to rise in weeks going forward. Some news from the oil patch. The European Union has passed a ban on all internal combustion engines. So as of 2013, uh, you won't be able to drive gas or, or diesel vehicle in Europe, supposedly. <laughs> and the other thing that, that came across my desk this week is, get this, the so-called Inflation Reduction Act. Uh, included in that is Japanese get a $7,500 tax credit for every EV they sell in the U.S. <laughs> wow. What a well, and, and there was another news item this week somewhat similar to that, I think, for the EU. The EU's been crying because the subsidies are more in the U.S. for EVs than they are in Europe, which actually dialed them back a while ago. And so uh, Biden says, well, we'll subsidize that, too. They sure got lots of uh, borrowed imaginary money to throw around, don't they? Well, it seems that way. Boy. <laughs> more and more. Yeah. Well, a more substantive uh, alternative energy story, really not an alternative, is uranium, which uh, eked out a slight gain this week. Yes, uranium uh, maintained its level above $50 a pound, up 13 cents on the week to close at 50.63. But here's what I noticed. My uranium equities are uh, trading at about 20% off they're 52-week lows, so uh, equities are not doing well right now in no, this space. No, well, I'm going to make a comment on that when we get to the U.S. markets of what is flying because of animal spirits and what's still in the dumps. It makes no darn sense, but it's, uh, for better mm -hmm. or worse, where we are right now. Moving on, you alluded to the dollar, which uh, lost a bit of ground this week. Yeah, and the dollar had pretty strong rally over the last two or three days. It went uh, into the 101 range yep. this week. It rallied pretty significantly. Uh, closed at 102.57, but that's still a half percent loss on the week. Euro had a nice week up uh, to 108.5. That's eight-tenths percent gain. And Looney uh, had a very nice week, yeah. very strong, uh, up to 74 cents flat uh, for a 1.6% gain. U.S. Treasury 
uh, gained just a tad, although it was off today, closed at 346 for an eight basis point gain. Uh, it really has been, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end there. Okay. Interestingly enough, this morning we were about 10 basis points higher than that, and then yes. a, a somewhat milder, supposedly, inflation number came out, and then all of the yield curve collapsed, you know, 10, 12 basis points uh, afterward. Uh, they, they've all got it in their head that uh, the, the Fed is done raising rates or about done raising rates. There's still this pivot talk, and I, I think they're all out to lunch, but that's my worthless opinion. Um, well, I think we're in agreement that yeah. most of these government economists are out to lunch uh, on a permanent basis. Either <laughs> that, or they're going and drinking, having three martini lunch, and not going back to work in the afternoon. Yeah, no kidding. Moving on to the uh, U.S. equity markets, as I alluded to a bit ago, you know, we've it's like a tale of two cities. A lot of the resource stocks have not kept up with the rallies in resources. Uh, a lot of small caps are still looking like a dog's regurgitated breakfast. The 15 biggest uh, cap stocks on, on the uh, NASDAQ are responsible for pretty much all of its 15% year-to-date or 16%, I think, at the end of the day today. So you've got this attitude back that, uh, you know, nobody's worried about the banks anymore. Nobody's worried about the Fed doing too much more. And they're you got people again with more money than brains chasing these fang stocks, the meme stocks again. That we're kind of where we were almost before the Fed started raising rates. Yeah, it was risk on all week. Uh, everybody wants to play big boy football again, <laughs> uh, and really uh, the title of our show this week of, of a very famous Rolling Stones song, part of what I would call their dystopian catalog of the time 1965-66 paint it black and I picked this one because at the beginning of the day with the exception of DXY our 15 component show here was all in the black now gold took a, a bit of a dive toward the end of the day it ended up in the red but we got lots of black on the board it's just completely risk on uh, not a lot of volatility the VIX closed at 18.8 and that's right at the average uh, and the median but the markets were just going nuts inflation uh, a little lower than expected came in at still but 5% uh, the consumer sentiment is uh, not good at all down another 5% this week uh, uh, at the end of of March uh, and then we had Trump indicted uh, for paying off a hooker uh, <laughs> which is kind of funny didn't know that could happen but uh, the Dems are after Trump and despite all this the market just keeps rolling along we got Dow Jones industrial average up over three percent it's now in positive territory for the year at 33273 S&P 500 4109 again in positive territory for the year uh, 3.5% gain on the week NASDAQ you already mentioned the fangs uh, led that 
index up to 12222 and uh yeah it's uh it's kind of across the board, and not only that, the venture exchange, which has been tracking major markets, although it's still in in a very strong bear market, uh, closed up uh, 22 basis points to close at 634, 3.6% gain, with volumes remaining in low to mid 20s, but more than 30 million shares traded today, and it was up. Uh, Somewhat on the order of 10 points today, 10, 12 points. Yeah, well, a nice move for most all of that stuff. It, it, it's It's been, you know, segregated, as I pointed out with the NASDAQ, mostly the large cap stocks, even though there was some help that the um, venture exchange got, I think, from energy primarily. Uh, well, we'll see. I mean, there's a lot of people that have uh, got this Alfred E. Newman, what me worry attitude. Again, we'll see if... Next, we'll see if next week starts some worrying because next week we start to get a few major data points and developments ahead. Yeah, and we also have a earnings season coming up, right. so uh, that's uh, that'll probably be in two or three weeks. But uh, yeah, first quarter's done. Going forward bullishly into the second quarter of the year. Yeah. Well, the, the the pundits are telling us that we're still, you know, we're not going to get the. I think the final number was two point six percent for Q four GDP that came out. We'll get a bit less than that in the first quarter, but it's still going to be somewhere around two. And even the Fed heads this week that, that were telling us we're still likely to get at least one more rate hike in May at the same time are saying they see GDP slowing down, but uh, none of them are predicting a recession. Of course, they never do, but um, you, you have to wonder. <laughs> no, that'd be, what's that? that would not be good predicting recessions, would it? Uh, no. <laughs> there, there, there's Especially for the market. Exactly. Especially for, for the, the biggest bubble they've built, perhaps in history, and that's a stock market bubble, and yep. it's been going... Uh, for 14 years now. Yeah, for sure. So, Mickey, next week uh, we're going to start some data points. We're going to, not too far from earnings season, we'll see if uh, the, the bulls stay with this Pollyanna attitude that they have. Yeah, we've got some pretty important data prints next week. We've got the services and manufacturing PMIs. Services seem to rule more and more in the U.S., uh, We'll see what the manufacturing numbers end up. We've got factory orders. I think that comes out on Tuesday. Uh, that's an, always an important metric. And then the biggie will be on Friday with non-farm payrolls coming out. Uh, with still something on the order of 11 million American jobs going unfilled. Yeah, it's something else. Uh, well, it, it'll be curious to see how the market reacts. To, they, everything has got to be half full, especially for stock traders. Again, we'll see if we get that. But I know that they'll be looking at the wage numbers, especially uh, next week, to see if uh, inflation, as far as wage gains, are moderating any further in this uh, crazy environment we have where it's a bad thing if Americans are making more money. Um, last but not least, as we close out the, the first quarter, what do we have for our poll this weekend? Well, I've been sitting on this poll for a while. I think it's a good time to roll it out. And it's the basic question that uh, uh, 
politicians come up with every four years, and that is, are you better off today than you were four years ago? And, of course, your choices are yes, no, number three, about the same, and number four, don't know and don't care. <laughs> well, uh, thank God I can say personally I'm probably better off today than I was four years ago. Um, I don't know if the average American can say that, but uh, we'll see. Well, I have to agree with you. I'm better off today, and, uh, you know, it's uh, uh, I made quite a lot of money over the last four years by being smart in the market, so uh, not sure uh, if people that live paycheck to paycheck, which a significant number of Americans can say that, but, uh, uh, you know, we're lucky to be in the positions we are in, you and I, with no real financial worries. But uh, we'll, we'll see what the poll comes out. Yeah, that'll be interesting. All right, well, folks, that wraps up incredibly, even though it seems like the year just started. The first quarter is in the books. Thanks for the ride along with us as, as we recap it each week. And uh, we'll be back with uh, next week with... Uh, start of the second quarter and by that time we'll have that jobs number and some other data points mickey thank you have a great weekend all right thanks a lot chris metals money and markets weekly is syndicated exclusively by our friends at kitco.com to keep up with mickey folk visit him online at mercenarygeologist.com and on twitter under at mercenary geo Yours truly, Chris Temple, can be found at nationalinvestor.com and on Twitter, it's at NatInvestor. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back with you again next week.